You know, uh, my children would come to me as younger, uh, when they were younger, not so much now, uh, but when they were young, they come to me with things, toys that were broken, with tears in their eyes, <clears throat> and they would come to the kitchen table or maybe my desk and, and lop this toy or thing on my desk or kitchen table, and they would plead, fix it, Dad, fix it. Uh, I'm really better at breaking things than fixing things. Uh, so I was like, oh, Lord, help me. And I was always thankful when it was just a battery that had to be replaced. I mean, I could change the battery, no problem. But if it had to be fixed, I really wasn't the guy to talk to because I'm not really handy that way. Uh, and I remember sometimes I could fix it. And, and sometimes, I mean, the thing was so brittle. I mean, as soon as it broke, there was no hope of repairing it anyway. And uh, it grieved me as a dad that I wasn't able to fix it. And as all parents, I, good parents, as when our kids come to us with little, when they're little with things to fix, we want to fix it for them, right? You know, we want them to be happy. And we don't want to go buy another one. You know, whatever it is. So, you know, it, it, it didn't feel very good. And, and in my experience with this, as with my children, they discover that, you know, dad couldn't fix it or mom couldn't fix it. And they would cry. And, you know, the big lips would come up. And tears would flow. And then they would, Okay, I'll go find another toy or whatever it was. You know, as individuals, there's events and situations that can overcome us that can break us. I don't, I mean, I don't say this flippantly. I don't care who you are. We all can be broken. All of us. All of us can be broken. And some of us are saying, yes, Pastor Alcock, I'm in university. I'm broken right now. I'm broke. <laughs> and I'm broken with schoolwork, okay? I understand this message is for me, okay? I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about that, but I think of other things even more serious. You know, they, they come upon us and we're overwhelmed and we don't have any way of our own ability to fix it and we don't see any hope for the situation. We're just overcome. A, a broken person is not hard to find. They've been zapped of all energy. Because they look at the situation, they're like, I can't do it. I don't have the ability. I'm overcome. Uh, Their heart is broken, so their emotions are often seen right on their faces. You know, and you don't have to be super in tune type of individual to see it on their faces. You can see that person is hurting bad. Or they're hurting a little, whatever case. But you can see it in their face. They don't have that same bravado for life. I mean, three weeks ago before the event, they'd come in with a big smile on their face and, you know, give you a handshake and you know that they were good. And now they come in and don't even look in your face. They don't, can't even look in your eye. They're just hurting. They're broken. They probably feel pretty empty. Folks, this week at that pastor's conference, I met some pastors who were hurting, who are broken. They're laboring and they're not seeing much happening. And I understand that sometimes it's underneath. The Lord's working underneath the surface. You can't see, but some of these guys have been there 50, 20 years, and there's not much to see. And they're hurting. A number of the pastors, quite literally, are holding on by their skin of their teeth. If you have any skin on your teeth. That's what Job said, skin of the teeth. One pastor said to me, I don't know what I'm going to do. I have one faithful man and he's planning to move away for work. 
I mean, I, it's a hard place to be, and they're broken about it, and they want to see the church go forward. Church family, I've seen people wander into our church broken. I've been the guy wandering the church broken a number of times myself. It's never a great time. It's a definitely does not, when I say the word broken, it doesn't make anyone feel, wow, this is a, I can't wait to hear this message. Because it's not a fun word. It's not a word that brings good emotions to your mind. It, it doesn't make you feel all happy and fuzzy over. You know, it doesn't. Because you know if you're broken, you're hurting. And no one wants to be hurting. Let me tell you this. It's not or ever will be God's design to destroy you when you're broken and you're hurting. God doesn't design it that way. He's designed it, so yes, there's definitely times of learning and growing, but it's the brokenness is never designed to destroy you. And we need to remember that because if we don't, sometimes we can believe the lies of the enemy and say God doesn't care. We're going to look at that in just a minute. So if you have your Bible, Psalm 25 and verse number 17. Psalm 25 and verse number 17. The troubles of my heart are enlarged. Oh, bring thou me out of my distresses. Look upon my affliction and my pain and forgive all my sins. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Dear Jesus, thank you for another time we have to be together. Thank you for this church. I'm so thankful and privileged to be the pastor. And Lord, I pray this morning as this message you've laid on my heart, Lord, I bring it to them, to these dear folks will be an encouragement to them. And that even during our broken times, we can give it to you and see you mend our hearts. Lord, I pray these things in your holy and precious name. Amen. Just, I just want to, these are lessons I have learned from being broken. Uh, and it's, it's, again, it's never a fun time. It's times that are hurting, uh, times that kind of really define us. They change us. And Psalm 25, verse 17, 18, it's David talking, and David knew all about being broken. He had many times in his life when he was broken. He was changed by the brokenness. The word affliction in verse number 18 means misery. <clears throat> That's definitely a part of being broken is misery. There's no, there's no fun in it. There's not, nothing exciting about it. The word pain means miserable, toil, sorrow, grievance. That's certainly what happens when we are broken. We're, we're miserable. We're, we're in pain. It, it, it's not fun. You know, in the physical realm, uh, being broken hurts a lot. Breaking an arm. My dad was, a, as a teenager, worked uh, with my grandfather who had a dredging company and built a wharf. So you can imagine Newfoundland, there's all kinds of harbors to dredge and all kinds of wharfs to build. All right? So my grandfather was busy for decades doing that. That was his business. And uh, my dad tells the story of when he was a teenager, he was climbing up a, uh, uh, a wharf, so on the other side, so he's coming up from the water, from a barge, he's climbing up, and he puts his hand on top of the wharf, and as he does that, a 50-gallon drum of gasoline or oil, I can't remember exactly, came over his arm. It rolled over his arm. So uh, it broke it bad. It broke it so bad, the bone came out. That's broken, right? I'm not a doctor. I know that's broken. All right? And it was bad. It hurt like crazy. I couldn't even imagine. If that happened to me, I'm pretty sure I'd pass out and fall in the water. I mean, that's just me. 
Okay, he that's what happened. And just give think about it. It gives me the willies, and he still has the scar on his arm from from that day, and that was a long time ago. I can remember in the emotional, physical realm, or in the spiritual realm, I can remember trying to help people serve the Lord uh, and try to do what's right. You know, pour my heart and life into it, into their lives, and I've seen them turn their back on the truth. Just turn their, it was like one day they were walking one way and then they turn around and walk the other way. I've seen individuals do some terrible and horrible things to brothers and sisters in Christ. I mean, just horrible. I mean, if I told you it all, you would say, Pastor, that is a work of fiction. Someone wouldn't do that. They did. They did some things that were horrible. And as a pastor, my heart was broken. My heart was broken. And, you know, some of these folks were dear friends. They had helped us so much. And the pain, I'm going to tell you right now, was incredible. You've been there. If you've been broken, you don't want to eat. You don't want to do anything. You're just, all you do is absorbing the pain that just took place. I remember it clearly. It was bad. It just hurts. I'm telling you, I don't think I cried so much in my life. Just cried and cried and cried. The moments of uh, of feeling useless and hopeless. Like, is there a plan? Is there God? What is happening? And just have hours of wonderment. and Not wonderment of, wow, this is awesome. No, wonderment of, this is so bad. How am I going to get through this? I never, never signed up for this. This is really hurting. This was never the plan. And I can look back now... At the time, you know, you're pretty absorbed in that pain and that hurt. But looking back now, I can see that through those times of brokenness and pain, I learned and matured so much in my Christian life. And in my life personally as an individual, as a, as a husband, as a dad, as a pastor. If those things didn't happen, I wouldn't be the person I am today. You know, the Lord had a plan through it all. I mean, I don't know where you are today. I don't know all your hearts. I don't know all your circumstances. But if you're here today and you're hurting, I understand. You're broken. I know you're hurting. I understand that. I've been down that path. It hurts. And this next one is you're not the only one who ever was broken. You're not the only one ever broken. When you've been hurt by words of others, or you've been hurt by, or been broken by the action of others, uh, you often think, no one has ever gone through a hurt like this before. No one's ever felt this before. Now, in the ministry, I've dealt with a number of different things. Heck, I remember this particular time when things were bad. Actually, it was worse than bad. I, I couldn't really find a really good word, bad, but worse than, okay? It was worse than bad. It was. I hope I never have to live through that again. I'll be really honest with you. And at that time, I thought, no one's ever gone through this before. And it wasn't a point of pride for me. It was just, I really thought no one's ever been through something like this before. This was horrible. And then all of a sudden, I had friends who found out about the situation. And then some strangers I'd never met sent me cards and letters and emails. I received phone calls. And they said to me, Pastor Alcock, you're not alone You're not, you're not all by yourself here. 
even though I was all by myself in the church. But, hey, we know what you're going through. We've been through something similar. I can remember this one fellow in particular. I had a pastor who ministered in a church in California, and uh, and it would never have been a church that I would have attended, nothing like that. He was a Christian man, yes, but just some way the things where the church were going. I would never have uh, been involved with that situation, but he sent me a letter of incredible encouragement. I never met the man. He was associated somehow with the family. I don't even know exactly how the, that connection was. Uh, he wrote me a long letter, which I still have stored away. That stated, and a long, I'm not going to read you all a long letter, but I'm just going to state it in five or six words. I have faced the same problem or situation. The Lord will help, help me through it. He'll help you through it. It's amazing. You're not alone when you face these hurts, folks. When you're broken, you're not alone. The Lord will help you face whatever you're facing. He's there. And as the family of God, it's great to know that we have a family that's here that loves and cares, and we try to encourage each other. Amen? If we are not, we are missing the boat. If we're not encouraging, we can't have unity. We need to be together and helping. I understand you're not going to get up and tell the whole congregation about your hurts and pains. That's fine. But you have a family that's here and they want to help. That's encouraging. That should encourage you as you face it. You know, a good physical family is there through thick and thin. And I'm glad I have a wonderful family that's there to help me out. But man, I love my church family. I love our family, our church family. And we come from all kinds of different places. I remember uh, last uh, last Sunday, I was preaching in Cold Lake, and uh, it's all white. It's all white. There was one Filipino guy came, and I was attracted. I was like, hey, man, how's it going? I got people just like you in my church. I don't have any white people, but I got all kinds of Filipinos, you know, and we chatted and things, but, you know, the the reality is, you know, so folks from that part of Alberta, I mean, this is the Wild West again, okay, they look at Ontario as... It's Egypt. Okay. They said it. They said it to me. It's Egypt. I'm like, okay. <laughs> the onions are good here, but anyway. Uh, but uh, they were Egypt, and they had some other name for it, and uh, they were joking. I mean, I know part of it's a joke, but part of it they really believe that. It, it's so different. I mean, it's so different from here to there. And I got up, I remember getting in the pulpit, I said, you know, I know that you joke about Egypt being, or uh, Ontario being Egypt, and you're in the promised land. I said, but you realize that the most of the people in my church, where we are right now, is the promised land? Where they came from? They came here, and they, I think they appreciate the fact that, hey, God has us in every place is different. And we have a wonderful church family here. Don't forsake it. When you're having a problem, don't turn away from them. They're here to help. They're here. That's all part of being a family. And we're here through thick and thin. In Job chapter 1, verses 20, 21, that, that day Job got up and things were great. By the end of the day, he had the worst, I think the worst day in history of any one individual. I mean, that morning he woke up, he was the riches, he had family, he had all kinds of possessions. By the end of the day, he had lost all his wealth pretty much and all his offspring. And the next chapter, his wife tells him, curse God and die. So the next time you think, no one knows what kind of day I'm going. No, no one's ever been through this. Hey, don't believe that. 
Oh, sure, I might not have gone through the exact circumstance, and maybe no one here has, but most of us, if not all of us, know about being broken. And we know it hurts. And we want to help. And we want to care on you. We want to love on you. You're not alone when you're broken. Uh, you're not all by yourself. If you are, it's because you choose to. That, that the idea that you have no one else has ever been broken, that's a, that's a lie the enemy plants in your mind. Satan desires for you to forsake the Lord. And now what a greater way to put that lie in your head and say, no one else ever knows, so why would I talk to anyone about it? Uh, I mean, the church can't help me. They don't know. They, no one's ever been through this. Satan desires for you to forsake the Lord when you're hurt or hurting. He tempts you to walk away from truth. And sadly, we probably all know some people who have. I know, I know a number of folks who walked away from the Lord when they got hurt or broken. I'm glad the Word of God says, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Do you believe the Word of God this morning? That's what the Word of God says. Now, I don't understand why some of my friends had to lose their husband and wife or passed away young. or I don't understand why some people I know lost their child in a car wreck. I don't understand it, but I do know what the Word of God says. And He says, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. And folks, I know it's true. I have not lost my wife or or any of my children. Praise the Lord for that. But I've been through some dark valleys and I know God doesn't leave me. And you can too, because the Word of God says it. Not based upon my experience. I'm just testifying of it. But the Word of God says it. My Savior, your Savior, if you know Him as your Lord and Savior, knows the pain of being broken. Aren't you glad that your Savior understands the brokenness of the heart? His Father turned His face from Him. That was the only time that's ever happened, folks. When he was on that cross, taking your sin, my sin, the sin of the whole world, that's when his father turned his face from him. And he says in Matthew twenty-seven forty-six, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? You think he was heartbroken? Absolutely. But he did it because he loved us. Being broken is never an easy path to walk. But I'm encouraged to know that my Savior knows the pain. He knows it, and He's there to help me every step of the way. And I'm encouraged to know that we have a church family that cares about us as we walk through that valley. There's there there's folks there that will help you. They encourage you. So don't think you're ever alone when you're broken. You don't soon forget being broken, do you? That's the third thought. When my dad broke his arm when he was a teenager... I mean, that was, he was teenagers. That's probably like 40 years ago, maybe even a bit more. It probably is more than 40 years ago. He still vividly remembers that event. And he takes the opportunity to tell me about it quite frequently. I'm like, Dad, okay, I got the story down. Don't, don't tell me anymore. It's disturbing, okay? Stop it. When you get hurt, you don't quickly forget. Once burnt, twice shy, right? That's the saying goes. That hurt can hurt us in many ways, other ways, if we're not careful. Now, this point is not a point that you need to take. I'm, I'm, suggest, I'm making this point because we need to understand what we need to do with our hurts. You know, if, if we let that hurt stay in our heart, we won't trust another person. 
I can't trust them because that person over did. Well, for one, that's not fair to that person who who's trying to help you. You know, and that other person, I mean, okay, forgive them and move on. But it, it can haunt you because you often let the past, you often in your mind, you go back to the past. I mean, there's lots of good things that happened in the past, but I don't want to live in the past. I want to move forward, see what the Lord will do. See what he will do, see where he's going to lead. Maybe if we keep that hurt in our hearts, uh, it'll make us mad at another Christian. Maybe uh, get us mad at the Lord for allowing that trial or trouble, that, that situation that broke us to come at all. The proper perspective is to learn from our brokenness, not to live in the brokenness. You understand what I'm saying? I understand we have to live through it, but as we're living through it, we look, we have a proper respect, a perspective and say, I got some things to learn. Maybe we need to learn to forgive. Maybe we need to learn to forgive. Psalms 86.5 says, For thou, Lord, art good and ready to forgive and plenteous in mercy unto all them that call upon you. Maybe we need to learn to forgive. Maybe it's time to let go of that grudge. Maybe it's time to say, hey, I forgive that person, even if they don't care. Maybe they, they, they're so hard-hearted they could care less. And they're so, they have such a wicked heart they like inflicting pain on others. Forgive. Forgive. Move forward. Move forward with the Lord. Learn to trust the Lord more. Maybe that's another lesson that we need to learn in our brokenness. The Lord is my rock and my, my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust, my blockler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. Maybe the brokenness is there to help us to trust the Lord more. Help our faith to go deeper. Maybe the Lord has the best in mind. Well, the Lord definitely has the best in mind for you. And, and this trial, the situation, is helping you learn to lean on Him more. Did you know what I find in our world today? It's super easy to lean, learn, uh, lean upon our own strength. Or, oh, I, I got a buddy who can help me with that, so I'm going to talk to my buddy about it. Hey, we need to be talking to the Lord about it, folks. We need to be bringing it to Him and asking Him to give us the strength. Maybe we need to, to learn to be joyful in our life again. I mean, I meet a lot of Christians that I, I don't see any different than the guy who's sitting next to him at work and he's not saved. There's no joy in your life. Why not? I'm not saying you're going around, Hi, everyone. How are you? I'm not talking about that, but you know when there's someone different, don't you? Hey, have you ever been to a restaurant? This has happened to me numerous times. Go to a restaurant like, Those people are saved, honey. And she's like, Yeah, I know. Like, No, you didn't. I told you first. You know? But the idea, I, I remember one time we did it in Nova Scotia. We saw this family and well, I was like, they're saved. I know it. I'm like, okay, let's check your theory. And we went over and started talking, sure thing. He was a Baptist minister. Didn't know the guy, never met him before, but it was grace. The idea is that we need to be different in the world. There needs to be a joyfulness in our heart. I mean, I understand even in those broken times where it's not happiness, right? It's the joy of the Lord that proceeds out. Maybe we need to be thankful for what we have in our lives. You say, well, I'm broken. you still got amazing things in your life. You live in an amazing country. You know, we have so many amazing things at our fingertips. I mean, and that, that's in the physical realm, the spiritual realm. We have salvation. That's enough. We should be for us to be thankful, but we are blessed. You know, the list can go on and on. I want to encourage you with one, I mean, I'm, I'm getting close to the finish, but there's a thought here, a little side note. That you probably have said this. And I know I said it. And after one time where I really was hurt bad, i, I got to be honest, I was broken. I really didn't like the statement anymore. And the statement is, 
Time heals all wounds. No. Time has no business in healing your wounds. Time helps me forget. But forgetting and healing are two entirely different things. Two entirely different things. Now, I'll be honest, my forgetter is better than your forgetter. My forgetter works at 110 capacity all the time. I'll be in the office over there. Michelle phones me. Honey, can you bring home some milk and butter? Oh, yeah, no problem. I got that. Hang up the phone. Get in my van. I'm driving home. I'm thinking about church. I'm, oh, yeah, I need to phone that guy. Or, oh, I need to send a note to that person and drive home and pull into the driveway, walk in the house. And Michelle's like, where's that butter and milk? I'm going to go get it. <laughs> I totally forget. I mean, I've forgotten before I get out the door. I mean, that's not even a minute. You know, I just, my forgetter is fantastic. But I can remember when someone says something. I can forget about, you know, that thing in the past. I, I can forget. The time helps me forget. But someone can come alongside and know about that situation. Hey, whatever happened to that person? And it comes flooding back. Hey, I, I'm not dependent on time healing my wounds. Nope. No, that's Jesus' work. The reality is if you choose not to move on or to forgive the one thing that caused that pain of you being broken, the likelihood of you becoming bitter is very, very high. I'm going to say like 99.99%. If you don't, you'll become bitter. And we need to watch out for the root of bitterness. Hebrews 12.15, Look diligently, lest any man fail the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness spring up trouble you, Thereby many be defiled. We need to be constantly examining our heart to make sure that we are forgiving, that we do not have bitterness. We're not allowing it a place in our heart and life. The last point is the best point. Jesus can mend any broken heart. Jesus can mend any broken heart. Listen, time has no business in mending my heart. Because time won't mend my heart. Jesus can. And He wants to. If you're sitting here today and you've got a broken heart, I'm going to tell you right now, Jesus wants to help you. He wants to help you. He absolutely loves you. He desires for you to come to Him and give Him your broken heart. Jesus can heal the broken hearted. I read this statement many years ago. I can't find out. I lost the reference to the guy who wrote it. But it is an amazing statement. If you know where it is, you can tell me after It may well be that a faith that has endured the experience of falling and restoration has learned a depth of the faithfulness of the Lord, a firmness and of confidence in Christ, a warmth of grateful love which no otherwise could have been experienced. When you're broken and you're restored, the Lord heals that heart, you understand the faithfulness of the Lord so much more if you didn't. You understand, you have a confidence that Jesus Christ is Lord if you had not been. And you understand the love of God more greater if you had not been broken. Oh, I, I can tell you right now in my own life, it's absolutely true. Oh, I, mean, I understand we have problems every day, but when you have a problem or situation that breaks you, that's different than the car having a bad tire, Right? I mean, that's a real irritant, and it bothers you, but it's not the same as you hear the news, hey, mom's got cancer. 
It's not the same. I'll take four broken tires every day of the week compared to hearing that news. Hey, we know the idea that once we have been through that and we follow the Lord, the firmness, there's confidence, we understand the love of God. During those broken times, I have found sweet rest. I have found sweet rest and comfort in the Word of God. The Word of God. And that's not to downplay the encouragement I received from other believers and brothers and sisters. Absolutely, it's necessary. Hey, if you know that you can help a brother and you don't, you're sinning, folks. So I'm not downplaying that part of it. But if you... Listen, there's nothing that beats the Word of God. It's the greatest. And when you have that problem on your heart, you see, you find out that you have a Savior that cares and He'll send the right Word at the right time. Every time. Every time. If you'll be a people of the book, you'll see that Jesus cares about men and the brokenhearted. I know He's been in my own heart numerous times. I'm going to read you a few verses that, and they're all from the book of Psalms, that have helped me so much through different, different times of brokenness. Psalm 27, 14, Weigh the Lord, be of good courage, and He shall strengthen thy heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Hey, when we're broken, there's often a lot of time waiting, isn't it? When you're broken, wait on the Lord. Psalm 34, 18 says, The Lord is nigh in them that are broken heart, and see as such as be of a contrite spirit. Now, the idea of that broken heart and that contrite spirit, it's like we're powder. You're crushed to powder. Powder can't do anything, can it? It just blows away with the wind. There's no ability of its own. We're crushed. Psalms 55:16. As for me, I will call upon the Lord. Sorry, I will call upon God, and the Lord will save me. This last verse, 73, Psalm 73:26, is is one of my favorite verses. It says, "My flesh and my heart faileth, but God is the strength of my heart." And my portion forever. Have you ever been to that place where you have no strength? You don't have the heart. You mean you're just you're just broken. Your flesh. You don't know what to do. But God is the strength of my heart. God's the strength of my heart and my portion forever. You know, in order for Him to mend your heart, you need to give it all to Him. I mean, all your heart. You can't say, here, Lord, here's part of it, and I'm going to try to fix up this corner. No, you've got to give it all to the Lord. Give it to the great physician and see Him mend your heart. Now, my experience, and I know everybody's different, but for my own life, it's been the Lord slowly mends my heart. It's not one day I'm broken, and then the next day, I'm good! No. My heart's broken. Lord, I'm leaning on You. Lord, help me. He, that, that seems to be the process. It'll take time. Hey, uh, a couple Christmases ago, had shingles, right? Some of you remember that? Some of you still poke fun at me for that? You rascals, I know who you are. Uh, but at any rate, I had shingles. And man, that hurts. I mean, that hurt. That was the. It's right up there. I mean, I don't know if I hurt any more than that, but it was really bad pain. I mean, it really hurt. And I remember 
I remember when it first happened, I got it on my head, right? And I went to see a walk-in clinic, and the guy's like, oh, that's allergic reaction, and gave my wife some cream. That was really the worst thing that could you ever put on shingles. And I remember getting home, my wife lathering out. I really thought she hated me at the moment. She's like, here, let me do this. I'm like, oh, <laughs> it hurts. Even worse than before. So she didn't apply that anymore. But anyways, next day I go to the doctor. says, you got shingles. You need to go home. Here's the medicine. Don't you move. Stay in bed. Man, he was right. I was in bed for like a week. And, you know, t- taking the, the drugs to help uh, beat it back and help with the pain. I said some crazy things on those drugs, too. My kids uh, tell me about every once in a while, remind me of my craziness. But it took a long time to get back to where I need to be physically. I mean, that last, I was in bed for a week. I can't even remember what happened that week. I can't remember anything. The reality is it took me almost three weeks before I get back to the office. That's a physical illness. Hey, we're going to face things in our own lives. Our hearts are going to be broken. We're going to need to give our broken hearts to the Lord. Watch Him mend it. But it's going to take time. Watch the Lord heal and mend. And I think the reason why it takes time is because that's when we learn the depths of His faithfulness. Amen? That's when we learn the depths of His love. And that's where we learn to have the confidence in Christ. Because if one day we were broken and the next day we're all better, there was no time to learn of Jesus and the depths of Him. Follow His will for your life. Follow when you're well and when you're broken. That means we're obeying Him. You can't follow His will for your life if you're not obeying. It's not possible. Read the Word of God. Be in prayer. Meditate on His Word. Uh, I've always, in the last few years, I've loved keeping a journal what the Lord's doing in my heart and life. My forgetter works so good, I forget what the Lord's done. So I write it down. How he's working my heart, how he's mending, maybe how he's mending my heart. That doesn't mean that you'll never have problems. Hey, don't think for a moment that, oh, I was, this thing happened to me once, I'll never have another problem. No, 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 no. You're, we're gonna face problems. We're gonna face maybe even another brokenness. But you can rest in the fact that you're doing it right. You're following the Lord, and the Lord will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Amen? He's with you every step of the way. I don't know where you all are today. You know, I didn't get 150 emails this week saying, Pastor, we're going through a really hard time. That's not why this message came up. This message came up because I went to a church that's really hurting right now. I mean really hurting. And I preached this message to them, and I thought about, my church, the church of the Lord, has given me the privilege to pastor. And I'm figuring, if this, if there's 50 people here and they're hurting, I'm pretty sure there's someone hurting my church. Who's wondering why? Who doesn't know how to take that next step? Maybe, maybe just to hurt so bad, there's just burden down. Hey, make sure that brokenness doesn't deal with you, but you give it to Jesus. And you go through it with Him. Yes, it hurts. Like crazy when you're broken. Absolutely. I understand. Hey, but you're not alone in your brokenness. If you choose, I mean, if you, if you are, you choose it. But why would you choose that? Hey, if you're broken, 
Get some friends around to help you and encourage you. Get in God's Word, first of all, and see what He has for you and encourage your heart in that brokenness. Don't allow those past hurts to lead you down the path of bitterness. And remember, time doesn't heal the heart. Jesus mends the heart. Jesus mends the heart. Hey, don't leave this place. I understand that you're not going to leave if you're here broken this morning. You're not going to leave whole in the sense you're all fixed. But if you're here this morning, you're broken and you're doing it the wrong way. Hey, do it right. Do it right. Bring your heart to Jesus. With every head bowed and every eye closed. I'm so glad that we have a Savior who absolutely loves us. And He just desires for us to come to Him and be honest. And give Him our heart. Maybe you're here this morning and you're heartbroken. Maybe no one else knows about it. Hey, bring it to Jesus. Put it on His table. And watch Him heal. Watch Him mend. It's going to take time. You need to be faithful. Be in His Word. Dear Jesus, Thank you for this wonderful church family. And Lord, I'm sure there's people here hurting this morning. Lord, I pray that they'll give their broken heart to you. And watch you mend slowly but perfectly their heart. Lord, bless this invitation now in Jesus' name. Amen.